You are listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org. I actually brought my iPad today. We'll see if I uh, follow it. All right. You know, when I was a young man back in the day, I, um, there we go. I uh, was in a Sunday school class in, back in my hometown, or I, I, I grew up in Jefferson, Iowa. And, uh, you know, back in the full gospel church, there was a, well, we were in a kind of a young adult Sunday school class, I guess it was. And the guy that was teaching this class, um, was, you know, talking to us about um, different things. But one of the things I particularly remember at that, that, that really um, uh, bothered me was the, the, this, this topic about being like Jesus. Has that ever bothered anybody else? You know, I'm sitting there in this class, and I'm, he's going, you know, we're, now, the Bible teaches us that we're supposed to be like Jesus. But, of course, we all know we can't be like Jesus because Jesus is perfect, right? So, right at that point in time in my life, I, I had a, I was going, you know, my little squirrely mind was going, okay, wait just a second here. I'm supposed to be like Jesus. And, you know, he, and then he goes on to say, well, you know, you can't be like Jesus, but just try. Try to be like Jesus. And so my little squirrely mind, I'm going, you know, if I'm going to be a Christian, I'm going to set myself up for a lot of disappointment, a lot of heartache, because I, I know that I can't be like Jesus uh, because Jesus is perfect. My Sunday school teacher is telling me, just try, and I know that I'm going to set myself up for a lot of failure. How many's ever heard, how many's ever been in that Sunday school class? So, you know, what is the story here? You know, uh, what, what's the answer here? Are we supposed to be like Jesus or not be like Jesus? What, uh, can, can we be like Jesus? And I, I say I, this when we're doing uh, Father's Love Conferences and that kind of thing around the country. We, we, uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll talk about this particular subject, and, and I say yes. The answer is yes and no. Can we be like Jesus? Yes. Can we be like Jesus? No. And I think that when we, the, the, the situation that I see most Christians in, and myself many years of my life, regrettably, uh, is I tried to be like Jesus, not knowing uh, what Jesus' life entailed. What, how, did he, uh, how did he experience uh, life? How did he experience uh, being able to uh, resist temptation? How did he experience what it meant to, to love God, what it meant to love others, what it meant to do good? Uh, uh, what did, how did he do that? And, 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 and in, 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 that, in that place, I found what I feel is the absolute essence of what it means to be a Christian, to be like Jesus. Because if we're going to be like Jesus, we probably should look at Jesus. Look at what Jesus did and look at what Jesus and who he is. If we're going to mature as a Christian, it's not about a bunch of do's and don'ts. It's not about a bunch of, you know, the, 
It's, a, it's not a Christianity is not a multi-level marketing system. I mean, it's a it's a it, it you know where we take Sunday school 101 and then we can move our way back up and that's maturity. It, Christian maturity isn't is it you praying an hour a day or reading your Bible an hour a day? Christian maturity has nothing to do with our performance. As a matter of fact, the more we perform for love, the further away from love we are. Just the way it is. And so what is it? What is this Christian walk? What does it look like? How, 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 how should we live out our lives? And, and the answer is to look at Jesus. And, and you say, well, I've looked at Jesus and I've still got problems. Well, here's the thing. Maybe we've looked at Jesus the wrong way. Jesus saves us from our sins so that we can have right relationship with the God of the universe and be able to call him Abba Father. So if we look at the life of Jesus, we, we, have to see, we have to see that he was totally dependent upon his father. He could only say what the father told him to say. He could only do what the father told him to do. He could do nothing unless he first saw the father do it. He was totally dependent upon his father. So I, I, I come back to that question, can we live like Jesus? Can we live our Christian walk? Can we be like Jesus? The only way we can be like Jesus is to follow his example. We accept salvation through Jesus Christ. We believe and receive the remission of our sins. And then we begin to walk out our Christian walk by living a life as a dearly loved son and daughter of Father God through the new creation that takes place when we make Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of our life. We're born again, born from above. We become a new creation. Old things pass away. All things become new. We become, you are, the, 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 you are the children of God. Behold, you are the children of God. And so as a child of God, then, how do I live out my life as a Christian? The same way Jesus did, totally dependent upon his Father. Only doing what the Father told him to do, only saying what the Father told him to say. This is where we miss Christianity. We get saved, we walk right by the Father, and we begin to do, 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 do. You know what I'm saying? Are you following me? So um, we'll see if this sermon is any good at all. Pretty quick. <clears throat> so I, I, a portion of Scripture that I continually meditate on, that I continue to, uh, you know, just comes to my, my mind and my heart, and I, I just continually, as, I, as I'm meditating, as I'm praying, as I'm, 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 I'm uh, just doing some contemplative prayer and listening to God, this scripture, this particular verse continually comes to me, as many, as many others also do, but I just want to share this particular scripture. And, and the background of this, and it's in Acts, the uh, 10th chapter, verses 34 through 46, the background of this is Peter has been given this vision to share the gospel with Cornelius, who is a Gentile. Now get this picture, okay? Get this situation. 
Jesus said, go preach the word in Judea, Samaria, and until the uttermost parts of the world. How many know that's, that's the Bible? Okay. It, you say, where is it? I don't know. remember right off the top, but it's in the Gospels. Go look it up. Um, so, but here's the thing. He, you know, so so the, the disciples knew that they were supposed to preach the Gospel to not only Judea, but to Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the world. They weren't doing that. The gospel was preached to the Jews and the Jews only. And so God gives this vision to Peter uh, that he needs to preach the gospel to Cornelius. You remember the sheet came down from heaven and he has this vision. And so he's, so he's there at Cornelius' place. And he's beginning to preach the word of God to the Gentiles. Understand this. And, and, and so he goes into this and he says, Then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. That would be a good thing for Christians to know. God shows no partiality. Let's say it together. God shows no partiality. This is a huge revelation for Peter, who is a racist. He is a racist Christian. And he has this revelation. In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. The word which God had sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all that word you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee, from the baptism which John preached, how God, listen, this is the scripture, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, by the devil. Now, he goes on, and, and the power of the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that fell on the, the, the people at the day of Pentecost, that same Holy Spirit falls upon the Gentiles. They are shocked. 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 Like we are. When God does something good for a bad person, we're shocked. This may get better, it may not, but you know, I'm retired. <laughs> I don't have to see you next week. <laughs> Maybe pastor, <laughs> I see, I'll probably see the pastor at coffee. We'll see how that goes, but anyway. So, so let's, let, let's just break this down a little bit and just kind of play around with this a little bit. I'm, hopefully, we'll get you to start thinking a little bit more about this. Maybe you get a little bit of feedback from you, maybe. But we'll just have some fun here. What time do I need to stop? When you're done. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's look at this. How God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and power. Let's look at this because Jesus was anointed by the, Jesus is our example. He's anointed by the Holy Spirit. I know he's God, but he, but he was the God man. He was, he was, he was God in flesh, but he was a man. 
empowered by the same Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that we have today, the same Holy Spirit. Now, let's look, look, at, look at this. Acts 1.8. And you shall receive, and you shall receive what? Power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. Acts 1.8. The same power that raised up the same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead, the Bible says, dwells in us. Jesus was anointed by the Holy Spirit to do something. What was it? Good. He went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Now this is this is this is a this is a, this is interesting. Another scripture of John fourteen twelve says, "Most assured I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do." He will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. Jesus went to the Father so that we could become the children of God. So that we could be the sons and daughters of Father God. So that we could be empowered with the same Holy Spirit. So that we could be part of the inheritance that God has set forth, set forward for those who will become the children of God. You know there's an inheritance for you? He went about doing the Holy Spirit with power, and, and he went about doing good. This is the part I want to really land on here this morning. He went about doing good. He didn't stay, Jesus didn't stay behind the ivory wall pharisaical religion he didn't stay behind the walls of gender think about it some of the most meaningful encounters that Jesus had were with people that he shouldn't have been talking to which were women and not only just women but women who had problems The woman caught in adultery. You know the story. Where are your accusers? Jesus said, listen, guys, if you want to, you, you that's without sin, you throw the first stone. And they all kind of, I would have loved to have been there. I hope they have a replay of that in heaven. I really do. Because that has got to be the coolest situation uh, I mean, it's just so cool. Then he says, where are your accusers? And he says, neither do I accuse you. Go and sin no more. And, I, and that portion of Scripture is exactly uh, the place that, that I think that God wants us to be in as Christians. First of all, we're, we're going across walls through walls, like Jesus did, talking to this woman who's been caught in the act of adultery. He's, he does not judge her, but he heals her and then sends her out, empowered to go and sin no more. In other words, to go and stop the destructive behavior that she was in. Amazing. 
It's an amazing thing. He went about doing good. He crossed those walls of gender. He crossed the walls of hatred. He crossed the walls to, to, to minister to the poor. He crossed the walls to minister to sinners. To have, I mean, you think about it. Jesus said, you know, he, he had lunch with sinners. And not just your average nice sinners, really bad sinners. The worst sinners of the, of, I mean, the, the, I mean, categories of sin, they were down on the very bottom. And he has lunch with them. He ministers to them. He crosses those, wa those walls. He doesn't stay in the ivory halls of religion. I don't know about you, but I don't like religion. Amen. I don't like religion. I, I love Christianity. But Christianity is not about a bunch of do's and don'ts. It's not about religion. It's about a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's about a relationship with the Father through Jesus Christ. So let's, he went about doing good. Okay? Jesus did good. What, what, what does it mean? This is where we're going to use our brains a little bit, hopefully. What is good? What is good? You think about it. The church today and many Christians and many people do a lot of good things. But what is good? And I love to come back to, to this because in Matthew, the 22nd chapter, verse 37 through 40, it says, Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. This is the first great commandment. And the second is this, is like it. You shall love the Lord your God. You shall love your neighbor as your Self. On these two commandments hang the whole law and the prophets. It comes down to that, doesn't it? What is good? Good is, is, is motivated by what? Lasting good, meaningful good, God's kind of good, if you will, is motivated by love. It's motivated by love. Jesus, God incarnate, God made flesh and dwelt among us, was motivated by his Father's love. He could only do what the Father told him to do, only say what the Father told him to say. So he was motivated. When he healed the sick, he was motivated by when he had compassion upon the crowds, he was motivated by When he talked to the woman caught in adultery, he was motivated by When he went across the Sea of Galilee, leaving the crowds, leaving the excitement, leaving all that to go minister to a demon, demonic, one demonic person, he went out of his way, sacrificed himself, went over and ministered to that person who had no ability to help him whatsoever, but ministered to that demoniac, he was motivated by, so love is sacrificial. Love, so what is good? Good is motivated by love. Now, listen to this, 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, and 
I mean, I know most, almost all of you probably know this particular scripture because we read it and go, there's no way I can do this. And so we just move on. It's the definition of love. Now we start in verse 1. Though I speak with the tongue of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass and a clanging cymbal. And though I have a gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all of my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. So here, I don't know about you, but I'm seeing a lot of good works here, a lot of goodness taking place. But if it's not motivated by love, it's worthless. Isn't that amazing? Now, also, I want you to know this. The church at Corinth was a full gospel, Pentecostal, charismatic. They understood the power of the Holy Spirit. They, they, they worked in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so Paul is giving them admonition here. He's talking to them about love. What is motivating good things that you're doing? That's a big deal. It's a, I didn't really want to come across this heavy this morning, but it's just not working out the way I wanted it to. Sometimes that happens. Now we look at the definition of love. What is love? How do I know that if I do something good for the Lord, that it's, it's, it's really the real thing? It's the real deal. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth. Bears all things. Believes all things. Hopes all things. Endures all things, but when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. Love never fails. So Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. So involved with doing good as a, as a Christian empowered by the Holy Spirit, we have to understand something. We have been given the power to pray for people, believe God for people, to be healed of their oppression from the devil. I think a lot of Christians need to, you know, I take this wrong, but we need to understand that there's a devil out there. We need to understand that there's opposition out there. Uh, we, need, we need to understand, understand that there's oppression out there. And when we look at people, we need to look at people through the eyes of Jesus, that, that, that the eyes of love. It's sometimes people think they're being a good Christian by judging other people and by pointing out their failures and by, you know, and, and you know, and, and, you know, I, I remember back in the day, we, <laughs> back in the full gospel church, we'd have testimony services, you know. And, and there'd be certain people that would get up to testify about how they insulted some sinner. And, and you know, just 
They thought that was their Christian testimony. To make somebody feel like a scum for smoking a cigarette or for cussing. And, and it was just, it was like their t Christian testimony to make that person feel bad about themselves. As if they needed that. We need to look at people through the eyes of Jesus. We need to love people. And we need to understand where that, what that looks like. Okay, so now... We can't bring healing. This is important. This is important. So listen, if you, if you didn't hear anything else, uh, listen to this. Please listen to this. Please, 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 please listen to this. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to listen to this. We can't do good unless we are learning to receive His loving kindness, His loving goodness. We can't bring healing... If we're not in the healing process ourselves. To be like Jesus is to be in relationship with Father God. When you see that, you see the life of Jesus in a totally different way. I used to think Jesus, um, you know, he was, when he would go away to pray, right? That was, you know, just a, it was a form of discipline and you know, and, and man, that had to be tough. But I see it as, wow, you know, he just went, when he went away to pray, he, he just went to be with his father, to experience his love, to have a relationship with his father, to be, you know, to be filled up with the love of his father, to be comforted by the, the love of his father, to be instructed by the love of his father, to be, to be renewed by the love of this Father. It changes the way you think about being a Christian. We can do it. What happens when we leave that healing process? That's what I think is important to also understand this morning, is what it looks like when we are disconnected when we misinterpret and we're walking in darkness like pastor was talking about you know that scripture in first john we walk in the light as he is in the light walking in the light is walking in fellowship with the father walking in the light is walking in love walking in the light is walking in love with him and having fellowship with one another it's a the light is on it's a different kind of walk. But if we shut down and we're not in the healing process, what do we do? We begin to go into a, what, what, what we call a, a fear, shame, and control stronghold. And so many Christians I know, uh, myself included for a long, long time, and if I'm not careful, I'll go right back there because it's easy to fall back into old ways Shame, fear, shame, and control. And when that's going on, guess what? There'll be judgment, control, manipulation, darkness, isolationism, independence, self-dependence. There'll be disunity. All of the things we don't want to see in our Christian walk. 
How will the world know that what we have is real? It's by the love that we demonstrate to one another. And so the, the, the point I'm trying to get across, and probably not that well today, excuse me, but the, the point I'm trying to get across among many is this. The process is what it, the process is the walk that God has called every Christian to be in. And sometimes church people, sometimes churches, have missed that. We become on uh, procedures, on rules and regulations, and on services, and on uh, outward things, performance. And, and we forget about relationship. We forget about every one of us are, are in this process. And, and, it's in the, and it's in really our power to either walk further in that process or to begin to digress. And how do we know we, we're digressing? It's when we start to gravitate more towards law and legalism than love and relationship. We gravitate more towards isolationism, independence, don't trust, don't share, don't feel, as opposed to transparency, openness, into me see. As a retired minister, my goal or, or my desire and my ongoing prayer is for a revival to take place in the church that would dramatically change the way we do things, the good works that we do to being motivated by the power of the Holy Spirit that takes place when we are motivated by love. The power of the Holy Spirit is real, but is it motivated by love? I just think it's amazing in 1 Corinthians where Paul is speaking to this church as a full gospel charismatic church with the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit in operation. And he's telling me, he's telling them, if you, if you can do this and you can do this and you can do this, but if you don't have love, it's meaningless. So what's the answer? The answer is within you. The answer is within you. What are you doing with the cross? What are you doing with the love of God? What are you doing in the context of your relationship with God and your relationship with one another? Only you can let someone else see into you. Only you can begin to live a life of transparency where you're allowing the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the love of the Lord Jesus Christ to shine into your heart. 
and you begin to expand the process, walk deeper into the process of experiencing Father's love and giving it away. You say, that sounds scary. Yeah, no kidding. That sounds like I could be hurt. Yeah, you will. But basic trust is the ability to hold your heart open even when you know you're going to be hurt again. Well, I don't want to be hurt again. Well, join the club. <laughs> None of us like it. Well, I'm just not going to, I'm just not going to, no, no, you can't, you can't do that. You shut down. You isolate. You close off. It's hard to be this when you're like this. And the things that we build in our lives to keep us from pain, regrettably, also keep love out. And I don't want to be there. I need every little drop of God's love He has for me. And, I say this, but I even... I even need Pastor Jeff's love. Pray for me. We need love from him. And we need love with one another. It's a picture of the cross, isn't it? Vertical. God loving us. And horizontally, loving one another. You notice the I know he wasn't being honest, but one more thing. Think about Adam and Eve. Think about it in the garden. Read it when you get home. It's in Genesis, believe it or not. <laughs> what, what was going on? It's just an amazing thing when you think about it. God creates Adam. They have open and complete fellowship, right? There's no, there's no, there's no sin. There's nothing like, uh, and, and it's before Eve's been, you know, made. And, and he has open and complete relationship and But, so he's, Adam's naming all the animals, right? And there's no mate to be found for him. It's like God's going, you know, you need this vertical relationship. But now you understand that you need to give that away. And now I'm going to make you a helpmate. So that you can give this away to her. Isn't it amazing? We were born, ladies and gentlemen, for intimacy. We were born with an innate longing to be loved by Father God so that we can love each other. Good works, good deeds, good things, we need to do them but we need to do them motivated by his love. Thank you. Thanks for listening. For more information about Praise Community Church, including gathering times and events, please visit us at praisecc.org.